guys, welcome back to our playground. It's your host, Ali Fan. I think storytelling is honestly one of the most powerful ways to connect with other people and to just relate your own story to others and feel like you're not alone. I'm so excited about today's guest who shared her own story, Haley Caddis, founder and CEO of the recently launched mental health app, ChillPill, a platform for female identifying non-binary and gender fluid Gen Zers. Her first experience with mental health started in the troubled teen industry at 16. And after years of inpatient therapy, Haley went on to earn a master's in chemical engineering at Columbia and was a director of STEM and entrepreneurship program for high school students. Now she's building something she wished she had, not 12-step programs for therapists or meditation, but a community of people who just get it. In this episode, Haley talks about navigating her unique mental health journey through the troubled teen industry, which Paris Hilton has spoken about, what she hopes Chopo will bring to the conversation, and Haley's genius advice for boosting your self-esteem. If you haven't already and you love this episode and the show, make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Now coming up on our playground, it's Haley Caddis. How are you feeling today? I am good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Um, uh, and yeah, no, today's a good day. It's nice and warm and sunny in New York, so can't complain. Yeah, the blue sky. I love it. So you guys recently launched your new app, Chill Pill. Tell us about how the launch has been. Yeah, so yeah, I'm founder and CEO of Chill Pill, um, which is a mental health app for Gen Z women, female identifying, non-binary, gender fluid. Um, and what we do is we have audio only peer support groups on there that are led by members of the community. And it's just generally a safe space to share, you know, your thoughts, feelings, get anything you need off your chest, and then also find and connect with people who can kind of understand whatever you're going through. I mean, it's, it's the, the inception of chill pill kind of came because I've always run these like what I call like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous style, like peer support group. So I was in Alcoholics Anonymous for five years from age 16 to 21. And for anyone listening who hasn't been to like AA or 12-step meetings, the thing I loved about them was um, they're led, you know, by the community for the community. So there's no like professional moderator. So a lot of the movies and shows like get AA meetings wrong, but there's no one like moderating the discussion. You can share about anything you want as long as you only talk about your own experience. Um, So you just can't give advice or feedback, which I loved because I was coming from a lot of clinical therapy. Um, And so I've used that. um, I've kind of run those style support groups for years in my own life. And then Chill Pill came about because um, I was the director of this STEM and entrepreneurship program for high schoolers, mostly like during all through COVID pretty much. And, you know, I'm pretty open with my mental health. A lot of the students, especially the young women were coming to me being like, I don't want a therapist. I'm struggling with my mental health though. I just want people to talk to. So I was just kind of like, can we make these AA style, you know, support groups about, I mean, one, any mental health topic and two for like teenage girls on, I just like started a discord server and had them do audio only like not using real names, like only avatars, no profile pictures, and just had them like talk about different topics every week. And they loved it. And I was like able to essentially raise 
I mean, I was able to raise money off of pretty much like 40 girls on a Discord server and, um, you know, my personal story. So that's kind of how it came about. And that was literally about exactly a year ago is when I think I got my first check for Chill Pill. So, yeah. That's super cool. I want to rewind a little bit and I would love for you to share your mental health story with us. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, I was I started struggling with mental health when I was, you know, maybe 13, 14. Um, and, you know, I grew up in Utah, and uh, which is a very kind of conservative religious place. My family isn't religious, but um, I think that kind of played into the fact that no one really talked about mental health. And this is also like over 10 years ago. So like, you know, even more so than now, people weren't really talking about it. And, you know, as a teen, I just didn't know anyone else was struggling. Um, it ended up being, you know, undiagnosed mental illness for me. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to like not feel in pain all the time. And so I was doing things like, uh, I mean, so I just kind of spiraled very quickly into like self-harm. I was struggling with, you know, substance abuse. Um, I, you know, was really just like getting to a spot where my parents felt like they couldn't really keep me safe at home. Um, you know, we tried therapy at home, all that good stuff. Um, but then we actually, um, I, I really struggled with like suicidal ideation as well. So um, they ended up sending me to spend my last two years of high school in like wilderness therapy and like inpatient residential treatment centers. So, um, uh, and I don't know, have you have you seen the like Paris Hilton documentary? What is it about? In her documentary, she talks about these residential treatment centers that are a part of what's called the troubled teen industry. And, you know, there's kind of various levels of how good or bad they are, but it's not really regulated. So, but essentially it's like therapy all day, every day, some like real therapy, some questionable therapy tactics, but kind of main takeaway for me was being a part of this community of 50, 60 other high school, um, high school girls. And we were all had different issues, but we we're all kind of working on our mental health together. So like, that kind of my first big exposure into like mental health treatment was very community oriented. And it was, I didn't really like think about high school really those two years. It was just that like, you know, we didn't have contact with the outside world. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media. Like it was just like that community all the time. And so for, for better, or for worse, that's kind of was my intro into mental health and, um, you know, it really destigmatized a lot for me just being a part of a community like that where we had to be so open. It taught me how to like build really vulnerable relationships with, you know, my peers um, and like taught me what a supportive relationship looks like where you can talk about things and, you know, people will listen and be caring and not judge. Um, and it also introduced me to AA because I struggle with substance abuse. So, they were kind of like, you need to go to, you're an addict, you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And so to my point I made earlier, I ended up loving AA because it was all community oriented. Again, like no professionals. My, you know, I sober most of college. So most of, you know, my, like, again, age 16 to 21, like my whole community and life really was AA. Um, and, you know, I really loved it because there's like a ton of young people in AA and, um, you know, those are my friends. I dated people in AA, like I threw sober dances all the time, <laughs> like was super involved in it. And, you know, 
I ended up getting a moving to New York and getting a psychiatrist who kind of properly diagnosed me and medicated me. <laughs> and so I moved away from AA and, and, you know, I'm no longer sober, but I still think it's like a really great um, organization. So that's, that's kind of like the inception of my mental health, but yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot of community. I mean, how has that led to Chill Pill and kind of the creating the kind of core foundation for the app? Yeah. Um, I mean, with community, um, I just, like I said before, I mean, I think it's just so much easier to struggle together than it is to struggle alone. Right. And to struggle together in a community that gets it and where, you know, you're safe or, you know, you're not going to be judged. And I think it's, can be hard to create that community for especially, you know, teen, you know, teens in general. Um, and I think teenage girls get a bad rap for, you know, <laughs> like not like being mean or gossiping or being nasty to each other. But like, you know, I think a lot of that is external factors. So for me, I was just kind of like, it's, I've just always liked helping, you know, bettering my mental health with other people than just by myself and therapy is usually so siloed, like it's between you and your therapist. Even if you do group therapy, it's just like between you and a small group. You know, you're not talking about it to like your friends. Oftentimes, my friends, like we always talk about our mental health, but I like created that system for myself, um, those friendships. But um, yeah, so everything in Chill Pill is like done together. I mean, it's anonymous, so you can't really, you know, you have your Chill Pill identity. you know, you have your username, you have your avatar, but no one can connect it to your real life identity. So I think that provides that safety and, and, you know, creates a space of like no judgment because you don't know what anyone looks like. You don't know where anyone's from. You don't know people's backgrounds. You just know what you can relate to each other on. Um, so yeah, I, again, I'm like, I think I, I'm just like COVID made me really, really lonely, even though I felt like my mental health was kind of in good shape before COVID. I was just like craving connection to people who would listen and understand. So um, then I saw that with my students at my former job. So (laughs) it's kind of how how that came to be. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I think it's so interesting about how it's all anonymous. I think that with social media, a lot of things, everything's not anonymous unless you choose to be. And people use social media to connect with other people and to like, like share their stories so I think it's it's cool that you're taking away like what makes it so what can make it really toxic for someone yeah trying to you know we're very intentional about like the notifications you get you know no counting of likes like no really counting of comments or anything um you know you can't like see how many people are really who follows you um it's mainly just because like I'll follow you because like I can relate to you type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's kind of anti-social media in a lot of ways, but also a very social space. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It like kind of connects you based on your your personal lives and not like what you do and like your image, if that makes sense. I would love to know more about your college t- time in college 
and what you study because you study chemical engineering. I read I wouldn't be as unintentional about what you study in college as I was. It worked out because I love chemical engineering in theory. Then I did a bunch of internships. I was like, I don't really like it in practice (laughs) because you don't get to do the fun stuff as that type of engineer until you've been an engineer like 20 years, but you learn all the fun design stuff in school. I literally, so when I started college, like, I started at the University of Puget Sound, which is a small liberal arts school in Washington State. And I showed up, I was like two months out of that like treatment center I told you about. So I had gone from same 50 girls, no outside contact, definitely no contact with boys. Like, you know, like we, and just therapy all day, every day, very strict, couldn't leave the campus, no social media, no phones to then a college freshman like so it was like very much like I was so excited to be there like I was so pumped I like I was ready to go but you know it was really kind of the I you know such a stark you know transition really for me um so I kind of was just excited to be there I didn't really know what I wanted to study I didn't really care ended up taking chemistry because I was watching Breaking Bad at the time. And then my chemistry TA, like I had a huge crush on him and he said I was really good at chemistry at one point. So I was like, I guess I'm majoring in chemistry now. <laughs> like, literally that was the thought process, um, but I did really enjoy it. Like it's not like I didn't enjoy chemistry. Um, and then I ended up really also enjoying, you know, math and physics. And so Um, and that school is super small, so they didn't have engineering. So I ended up transferring to Columbia, um, as part of this like combined plan engineering program and just literally chose chemical engineering because I asked my dad, who's a software engineer, I was like, what's the hardest engineering? (laughs) And he was like chemical. So I took that because I guess I'm just like a masochist and, um, And again, it kind of chemical engineering kind of broke me down and built me back up, but also moving to New York, like halfway through or more than halfway through my college experience was kind of crazy. I'd never lived in a city like this, you know, been a school like Columbia is just very much more academically rigorous than my other school and arguably one of the harder majors there. (laughs) So it kind of just broke me my first year because all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have to try at school and I'm not immediately at the top of the class, which sounds arrogant, but that was kind of my experience with school before. And so it broke me down, humbled me, which ended up being very good. Um, And yeah, I mean, I just did it because I enjoyed it. Like I literally chose college majors because I enjoyed them. Like I would have switched out of chemical engineering or chemistry had I not like loved them. I just knew I didn't want to be in a lab. I like the actual jobs for those majors I didn't really want to do. So, um, but again, I was like, I'll, I'll learn. I'm, I'm really good at math and have really good problem solving skills because of that. So ultimately I'm like, it helped, but <laughs> didn't end up doing those things at all. Because I was like, well, um, all the jobs that chemical engineers traditionally did, because I wanted to go into healthcare and like pharmaceuticals as a chemical engineer, or I thought I did. Then I saw that all the super interesting jobs, they were actually now taken up in some part by data scientists. Um, And so I was like, well, that's cool. Data science, I can 
you know, I already somewhat knew how to code because um, of engineering, but I really was interested in that because it's very math heavy, statistics heavy. Um, I thought like, well, you know, now I can kind of be more at the cutting edge of things because like you always need a data scientist and pretty much you could always use a data scientist, quite honestly, like in any any industry, you know, doing anything. So, yeah, so I did one of those like data science boot camps, like a three month boot camp immediately after finishing my master's degree in chemical engineering. And um, then I got a job I wanted, like I said, to go into healthcare, but I got a job working with like cool people at um, like a small market research firm in New York and they were paying me a good amount and I really liked a lot of my coworkers there. So I've kind of just chosen a lot of jobs and things I've done based on the people I work around. Um, if I can learn from them, if I can have fun with them. So chose that and, you know, lasted like just under a year there, but we tried. So, <laughs> so, and then after that, that's how I led me to my job as that director of that STEM program for high schoolers. Yeah. Have you always loved STEM? Like when you were little? I didn't. I, it's not like I didn't, it's not like I hated it, but I just never like thought about it. Like I, I didn't, I really loved history. That was probably my favorite subject. Um, but no, I mean, I, I didn't like love it, but I didn't hate it. Um, but I love teaching. Like my mom's a teacher. I tutored high school girls in like chemistry, math and physics while I was at Columbia. And that was like, I've been camp, a, camp, a camp counselor. Like I've always loved working with, you know, people younger than me in like somewhat of a teaching or coaching capacity. So um so that's kind of why I chose that, you know, that next job and not data science. So, <laughs> yeah, you've had so many pivots, but I would love to know more about like the program that you ran. Yeah, so it's called the Knowledge Society. Um, it started in Toronto and um, they describe it as like a almost like an accelerator program. But instead of you're working on a company, you're working on yourself as a high schooler. So you get exposed to all different types of emerging tech that you normally like schools aren't set up to really teach you about. So like AI, brain computer interfaces, gene editing, you know, um, you know, the list goes of AR, VR, 5G, the list goes on. Um, and it's a lot about, you know, teaching or coaching the students on skills they need to be able to kind of teach themselves anything. So we work a lot on like, how to write like blog posts, how to like cold network, do cold outreach, like how to, you know, build your LinkedIn and your own personal website and build up your portfolio and how to teach yourself something super technical that, you know, you don't really have many resources like to teach yourself about at, in high school. But, um, but yeah, like I, I think it really prepares um, the students to, be either super go into like something super technical or go into entrepreneurship. I kind of taught my, the reason, another reason I took it is because I was going to work around really smart people that were entrepreneurs and in tech. Um, those were their backgrounds. And I also was like, I'm teaching these kids to be entrepreneurs. I want to be an entrepreneur. What better way to learn than like teaching them? <laughs> so yeah. I love that. What was one of the best moments from that experience? It's a really good question. Um, with the students, um, I think it's just those 
honestly, it'll be, so the program would run from September through June. So like with the school year. And so towards the end of the year, they had these, like, we called them moonshot projects. So they kind of had to create like a little like mini, like fake company in teams that were developing a technology that was still, you know, two to five years out from being, um, you know, actually viable today. So like a lot of space technology, um, and some really, really fun projects came out of it, but it was like their capstone project. And so seeing them from coming in, most of them don't know how to code when they come in, most of them don't know anything. Again, we kind of give them a framework, but they teach themselves a lot of the stuff. And then at the end, seeing them like pitch to VCs, this, like these projects, like have really great presentations, do a lot of technical, uh, or a lot of work that has technical depth to it. Um, that was always just really rewarding because I was like, I was a part of that, but also they like they had to put in the work to teach themselves those things as well. So um, I loved that. And but I also really loved the people. I learned so much from the other, you know, directors of this program. Um, you know, they're all over the US and Canada. And um, yeah, it's just like a very diverse group of or people who have diverse experiences. Um, and that was that was extremely valuable for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think that when you teach yourself, you also you learn more than if someone teaches you. And yeah, you, you also have to have like the motivation to do it, like exactly. self-motivation. Yeah. Now. So now you're running. Are you running the app like full time? Yeah. So I fundraise, like I said, this time last year, it was a weirdly quick fundraise. Um while I was still working full time. <laughs> and then I finished out that program through like June of last year. And so started full time on Chill Pill last July, just started as like me. And um, so I had to do a lot of hiring the first few months. And then, um, you know, really didn't know what the hell I was even building. So we got like a community of about 100 girls together who they're still using Chill Pill now, like they're the leaders of the community now. But Last August, we just essentially like tested a lot of different, like we tested the audio support groups on Discord. We like tested different ways to interact outside of support groups on Discord, like kind of just tested with the, like these girls helped us build Chill Pill as much as like the engineers, right? And so um, we just kind of had the community lead the way, which was a really so it's been really rewarding now that we launched two weeks ago. So it's been really rewarding to see like everyone's hard work, you know, finally be available to other people. <laughs> what are you kind of looking forward to for the app? And like, what do you hope that it can do for people? Well, what I know it can do for people is kind of like my the last program I was working with, but like, and I know it can do for people is give them the structure to like build connections with each other and to learn more about honestly themselves and their peers. And, you know, it's the peer support is great because you get support from people who get it, but also you give support to people. And because the only rule is no advice or feedback, like that's literally the only rule, obviously no bullying, harassment and stuff like that. But like you can only speak in I statements, essentially. It's not on you to provide advice or like solve someone's problems. You're just there to like be like, hey, validate each other's experience. And and that's very powerful. So all the growth these girls 
have seen over the last few months has come from them. To your point, like they put in the work, they showed up, they showed up for the community and they've grown and felt better because of it. So we know it works for like for teenage girls. And, you know, these girls are kind of from all over the U.S., but also other parts of the world. So, um, you know, I, I think regardless of your background or, you know, life experiences, you can get value out of it. Now, what I'm excited for is like actually getting it in front of, you know, more young women who it can help. So like now we're just focused on growth and I'm really excited for that because I think you can be so creative with how you reach um, young people now, like Gen Z, for lack of a better term. But, um, you know, sure, social media, whatever, but, you know, we're not working with influencers um, because... They, I, I only work with people who are a part of the community, like all of our interns are a part of the community and stuff. So, um, you know, we're not doing that. We're not doing paid marketing because I know like we can grow organically. Um, you know, all of our growth has essentially come from like our community reposting on their social media and, and no one's an influencer, you know, and, and their friend referrals. So figuring out like what's that way that we can really like, honestly, my whole thing I've been saying is like, how do we get in, you know, your best friend group chat? Like, that's where I want chill pill to, that's how I want chill pill to spread. So, um, so that's, that's our whole focus now. To end it off, I would love if you could give any piece of advice that you've found to be really impactful in your journey and would be impactful to the listeners. Yeah. I mean, this, I think I learned from, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I first heard this in AA, so this is not my original advice. But some of the best advice I've gotten is build self-esteem through esteemable actions. Like I was at a point where, which that's not really related directly to business or school or anything, but I mean, your my life has gotten so much better, you know, the more and more self-esteem and trust I have with myself. Um, and you know, I, I was at a point even after I went to treatment where I was like, I just kind of hate myself and I have no idea where to start with like, how do I start loving myself? I really had no idea. And so that was said to me and like esteemable actions really is just like get outside of yourself and help someone else. It can be help someone with their homework. It can be you can even in your job, you could be like part of your job. That's why I love Chill Pill. And I have, why I've always loved working with people as a job is like, okay, you're, I'm getting paid, but I'm also helping people. So I feel fulfilled. I feel good about myself. Um, and also, especially when I'm struggling, it's so important for me to get outside myself and help someone else. And, and it can be a completely unrelated way to what I'm struggling with. But that's... Um, it really just gets you outside your own head and helps you be like, okay, like there is a purpose for me being here. I made someone's day, um, you know, and again, if you just keep doing that over and over, like you will start feeling better about yourself. And I say that because that's where I was at and I have been at super low points in my life um, over the years. So that's probably my advice, which it might be very like, woo-woo or cliche but (laughs) it's gotten me far yeah I love that because like when you're so stuck in your own ways you forget that there's other people out there who also need help that like may be struggling even more than you so then by like helping out someone else then you you're like oh yeah my situation maybe isn't as bad or 
you know, like, I, I can't, I will be okay because other people are going through things as well. Yeah, and even just, like, it can be sitting with someone new at lunch. You notice, like, all sits alone. Like, it can be just, like, super small things, you know, be reaching out to a friend, texting them, checking in, like, be really small and even more so than like I, I try not to compare my struggles to other people's because I'll tend to like minimize my own um, and you know everyone's struggles are relative and valid but I think just that idea of hey I'm giving back to someone like that's that's truly self-esteem from within that it doesn't depend on like they, they don't even have to say thank you and you'll still like feel good about it right so it doesn't depend on anything external it's all like that internal feel good, you know, vibes. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah. How can the listeners connect with Chilpo? How they, how can they get involved? Yeah, so um, you can download our iOS app on the App Store. Um, just search Chilpill um, and or go on our website, chillpill.app, and there's a link there as well um, and join the community. Um, and yeah, and just start participating and it's pretty easy once you log on, you kind of have to level up to access all the features, but um, yeah, you can start interacting immediately. And, you know, if you're not like in the Gen Z female identifying non-binary demographic, you know, sharing this with anyone who might be in that demographic or who has access to a lot of people in that demographic would be extremely helpful. Um, so yeah, you can follow us on social media if you want to see our five TikToks a day. It's at chillpill underscore app. <laughs> really great. So <laughs> that too. Thank you so much, Haley, for coming on the show. I loved your last piece of advice right there. And I can't wait to hear what the listeners think. And good luck on growing Chillpill. I know it'll be amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Our Playground. If you enjoyed it and you love the show and you haven't already, make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate it. You can also connect with us on TikTok at Our Playground Pod and with me at Ali Fan with two N's. Once again, I'm your host, Ali Fan, and you are listening to Our Playground.